Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. Give your glucose alerts and readings from the G7. Do not match symptoms or expectations. Use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. This is The Look Ahead with Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the sports betting network. Coming to you live from the Circus Sportsbook in downtown Las Vegas. I'm Scott Seidenberg. It is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Follow the show on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S C O T T S O N A I R. And we're going to react to everything that we saw here on a Thursday night leading into Friday. And we'll start with the Major League Baseball postseason. The Dodgers beating the Giants 2-1, advancing to the NLCS. And the game was an epic game, one that we expected to see, and it ended in the absolute worst way. Max Scherzer comes in the bottom of the ninth inning to record the first ever save of his career. And he does a good job at first of getting Brandon Crawford out, but then allows a single to Chris Bryant. Lamont Wade Jr. then gets called on to pinch hit, and he takes Scherzer deep to right field. Foul. He then strikes out looking and tough tough play you know the pitch was high it was outside but it was a strike one that you certainly can't look at in that situation so Wade strikes out there's now two outs in the inning Wilmer Flores is up Flores puts a good swing on a pitch fouls it just back and then checks swings and gets called out on a swing that was not a swing Multiple replay angles showed that Flores did not swing, but first base umpire Gabe Morales pulled the trigger, called him out on the swing. 
Scherzer gets the save. Dodgers get the win. It's a terrible way to end the game. A just brutal way to end the game. It's a brutal way to end the season. Uh, but there's listen, there's no guarantee that Flores would have gotten a hit or that the Giants would have scored a run, and they probably would have lost this game anyway. But just a brutal way to end what truly was one of the best, if not the best game of the Major League Baseball season. It's one that everyone was highly anticipating because it was the two best teams in Major League Baseball combined for 213 regular season wins. That's the most ever in a Major League Baseball postseason series. And it comes down to a win or go home game five. Of course, it was going to live up to the hype. And congratulations to the Dodgers, for the, you know, back again to the NLCS, where they will travel to Atlanta now. Because of being the wild card team, they do not have home field advantage. The only way that they would have home field advantage is if they would face the Red Sox in the World Series. And the price on the series right now for the Dodgers and for the Braves probably going to be around minus 165, 175, 185. I mean, I guessed that it was 175. Some books opened it up at 185. It'll probably go higher, but to win the, uh, yep, it is higher now, as it is minus 220 for the Dodgers, plus 185 for the Braves. So the Dodgers minus 220, Braves plus 185. Here's my philosophy on this series when it comes to betting it. Instead of taking the Braves at plus 185, why not bet the Braves on the money line every game? And let's say this. Let's say you do, you know, one unit on the Braves on the money line because they will be an underdog in every game of the series. At worst, if they don't win the series, you're losing four units because they're always going to be plus money. So at the very worst, you're losing four units. Now, there's a chance that they win the series. And if they win the series, then you obviously are going to lose at most three units. If they win it in seven, they win it in six, you lose two units. Whatever. We're we're just talking about the losses right now. At the very worst, they can only lose four games, right? So you're losing four units on Braves' money line if you bet them every single game. If they win, you got to figure the average money line average money line is going to be something north of 150 right like pretty and it's probably going to be higher than than 150 you might get it 175 180 dare i say 200 and if that's the case you know if they win two games in this series you're going to be very close to breaking even if they win three games in this series you're turning a profit. If they win four games in this series, you're turning an even bigger profit. So I think that's the way I'm going to approach this is, you know, let's say, assume it's plus one, well, let's, let's go on the low end. So 150, okay? And they win three games this series. You are going to be up a half a unit if they lose in seven. Because you'll win 4.5, you'll lose 4. Okay? If they win, obviously, all 4 games, you're, and let's say they win 4 games to 3, you'll be up 2 units. 
because it'll be six units won and three and uh, three units lost actually. So you'll be up three units. Now that would be a little bit better than the plus one eighty five because that would only put you up one point eight five units. So if you think the Braves are going to win the series, don't bet them at plus one eighty five. Just bet them on the money line in every game because you have the opportunity to actually win more than laying out here at the plus 185 for the series. You have the opportunity to win more. If they win four games at plus money, now this only works if they're plus money in every game, which they will be. The San Francisco Giants were plus money in every game, with the exception of this game five, which was minus 110 both ways. But if the San Francisco Giants are plus money in every game, the Atlanta Braves are going to be plus money in every game. Now, could the Dodgers win this series? Absolutely. There's a reason why they're minus 220 favorites. But in terms of seeking the value, I think the Braves are live underdogs, and uh, I'm certainly going to be betting them on the money line in every single game. And if they get swept, they get swept. Uh, In the American League, the Astros minus 155 to the Red Sox plus 130. But for game one, which will be on Friday night, it is the Astros minus 140 and the Red Sox plus 120. And uh, no odds yet on game one for the Dodgers and the Braves because we don't know who is going to pitch in that game. Uh, And it will be on Saturday at uh, 8.07 Eastern time will be game one between the Dodgers and the Braves from Atlanta. I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Be sure to head to vsin.com to find out all the ways you can watch and listen to us here at VSIN. Thursday night not only featured a big game in Major League Baseball, but it also featured a huge game in the NFL. It was the Buccaneers going to Philadelphia to take on the Eagles. And the Bucs were laying seven and six and a half. And it closed at six and a half. And the Bucs won by six. <laughs> what happened was the Eagles scored a touchdown down 14 points and decided to play the analytics which tells you to go for two when you score down 14. They went for two, and they converted it, so they went down by six, and uh, they never got a chance to get the ball back. Um, as the Bucks run a 12-play drive in five minutes and 54 seconds and never give the ball back to Philly, they win 28-22. Tom Brady now, and I saw this uh, stat online, that he is 0-11 against the spread in primetime games. And I, I almost didn't believe it. Because on Thursdays, if you include Thursday night football and the season opening Thursday games, you know, because like the defending Super Bowl champion plays that first Thursday night, like they did it this year, and he did it all those years with the New England. He is now 14-3 and three straight up on Thursday nights. He is 10-1 and one now on Thursday night football, like playing on the short week on Thursday night football. So he wins these games. Tom Brady's teams win these games. Like I said, 14-3, and three, but 10-1 and one straight up, 0-11 against the spread. Can't, I guess that's accurate, but uh, they didn't cover earlier this season against the Tampa, against the uh, Philadelphia Eagles on the Thursday night. 
But it is just a wild uh, stat there. And the Eagles do cover, losing by six. It's absolutely wild that that is the way that it comes out. Uh, the under does come in, though. It was 52 and a half, and it hit at uh, exactly 50, right? 28 to 22. So it hit a, hit at 50, so the under does come into play. Uh, the Bucks took a 21-7 uh, lead into the half. I thought about playing the Bucks first half. It was minus four, though, and I don't really like that normally. Uh, 28 points were scored in the first half, and that does mean that the first half did go over because it was 26-and-a-half, I believe it was, the first half line. So the over hits in the first half, the Bucks cover in the first half, the under hits for the game, and the Eagles cover at plus six for the game. And now you look at the Tampa Bay Bucks, five and one. They certainly feel good about their standings in the A in the NFC South. And the Eagles losing again, fall to two and four. And it's just a matter of uh, you know this team is competing. They're playing well. They're obviously covering in some of these games. Uh, but when is going to be the opportunity for them to take a step forward and become a winning football team? as opposed to a losing football team. Head coach Nick Sirianni still looking for his first win at home this season. The Eagles are 0-3 at the link. Coming up next, we're getting to the props for this game here on Thursday night. Go over who went over their totals, who went under their totals, and project ahead for both teams moving forward. As we roll here on The Look Ahead with me, Scott Seidenberg, on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I loved that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, 
John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying cows are bust. You can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be my That's my, my day. Day. <laughs> <laughs> This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. This segment of The Look Ahead is presented by Zinn Nicotine Pouches. Zinn is working to create a world where you can enjoy life on your own terms. Zinn Nicotine Pouches are a smoke-free, spit-free, and hassle-free tobacco alternative that can be enjoyed on the go anywhere and anytime so you never miss a minute of the game or the tailgate party. Available in 10 varieties, including spearmint, coffee, and citrus, Zinn can be found at convenience stores nationwide so you can find your Zinn wherever you are. Zinn's nicotine pouches are clean and discreet with no lingering smell. Plus, it's easy to use indoors or out, making it the perfect complement to your everyday. Also, Zinn comes in two strengths, so you have control over your nicotine satisfaction. Zinn contains nicotine and is only for adult nicotine consumers 21 and over. Learn more and find your local retailer at Zinn.com. That's Z-Y-N.com. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Scott Seidenberg here, The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. You can always follow along on Twitter at Scott's On Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. I just tweeted out something that uh, bothers me in sports to no end. And, and I said, it's my biggest problem with sports these days is if you have replay, but non-reviewable plays, it's the dumbest thing in all of sports. If you're able to use replay, for anything, you should be able to use it for everything. And yes, I got re-triggered by seeing replays of the Wilmer Flores strikeout to end the Dodgers-Giants game because a check swing call is not a reviewable play. But I don't get it. Review everything. If you can go to replay for, and, and this is hilarious, it's one of the funniest things that happens in Major League Baseball. A guy slides into second base, beats the ball, beats the tag, is clearly safe by a mile. And that's a saying, but you know, you understand what I'm saying. Clearly safe. 
But then the opposing manager challenges the play. And they go to replay. And they see that when the player slid into second, his hand and his leg came off the bag for a millisecond and then came back on. And in that millisecond, when his hand came off the bag, the defender's glove with the ball was touching his arm. And therefore, he's out. If you're able to go to replay to review nonsense like that, then you should be able to get the correct call on whether or not a guy swung the bat at the pitch. Because it shouldn't be up to somebody standing a hundred feet away to go like this or like this. End of rant. Let's talk football. Uh, I'm a little upset that I'm not able here in Vegas with some of these books to play some of the prop bets that are available to people in other markets. Uh, For instance, DraftKings has, and I go off DraftKings for a lot of these prop bets, and I gave it out for Thursday Night Football, and I give it out pretty much every time we talk about one of these primetime games. Some of the fun plus money props. Like last night, I said that uh, Jalen Hurts to score two touchdowns was at, what, plus 900? And I said, yeah, I could see him running in two scores. What happened here on Thursday Night Football? Jalen Hurts ran in two scores. Jalen Hurts to score two touchdowns, plus 900. I even said Leonard Fournette at plus, I believe it was 450, because it was low. Either plus 450 or plus 550 to score two touchdowns was an interesting play. Leonard Fournette had 22 carries for 81 yards and two touchdowns. (laughs) Oh... Antonio Brown scored a touchdown. He had nine catches, 93 yards. O.J. Howard, that would have been a nice plus money value, scoring a touchdown um, for the Eagles. The receiving touchdown was by Zach Ertz. That's another name I gave you last night because Dallas Goddard didn't play in this game. Uh, Miles Sanders, 56 yards rushing. I said to go under his rushing prop. I also said Kenneth Gainwell was a sneaky play there. Um, Well, Kenneth Gainwell only had one catch for one yard, so... You know, he didn't really do much there. But Sanders, if you look at his rushing total here, 34.5 was his total. He went over. Jalen Hurts, 40.5, and, a half, and uh, he goes over with 44 receiving yards. Leonard Fournette at 63.5. He goes over with the 81 yards. Tom Brady, was it 1.5 or a half? I don't remember if it was 1.5 or a half, but I laughed about it last night, and I said it would take a quarterback sneak to do it. He did have uh, a couple of quarterback sneaks, um, but he had one yard rushing. So he goes under the one and a half yards rushing. Brady throws for 297. So he goes under the 303, I believe it was, 302.5. Jalen Hurts had 115, so he goes under. We were right on the money with that one. And then total interceptions, both quarterbacks go over as uh, they both threw one interception there. And so now the Bucks improved to 5-1. and one. Eagles dropped to 2-4. and four. Coming up next on the schedule for the Tampa Bay Bucks with an extended little uh, break here is a home matchup against the Chicago Bears. And that is a game where they will be very, very heavily favored in. Guess the spread right now, probably going to be double digits. 
against the Bears in that game at home. Uh, I that That is what I would certainly open it up as. And if we take a look at next week's games, currently, if it's on the board, it is minus 10. So good guess for me. Minus 10 for them uh, against the Bears at home. The Eagles, meanwhile, next week will travel here to Vegas to take on the Raiders. And honestly, I don't know where to go with that game because I have to see what the Raiders even look like coming up this week against the Broncos. Um, But the Eagles currently two-and-a-half-point underdogs in Vegas against the Raiders. Total in that one is 49. Uh, The over could be a way to look, but right now, that's where the line stands. And I think that based on what would happen, like if the um, Raiders look completely discombobulated and they lose badly to to the Broncos this Sunday that line could certainly change. And uh, you could see uh, the Eagles being less of a underdog, or maybe that game goes close, closer to a pick I don't think it'll get that way, um, but two and a half right now is interesting to see between the Raiders and the Eagles coming up for next week. So where do we go now in the NFL? Well, Sunday slate begins in London. 6.30 a.m. Pacific time, 9.30 a.m. Eastern time. The Jaguars and the Dolphins, the London Jaguars, get to play again in front of fans that remember them for losing the last two seasons. Uh, but they've gone there for several years in a row now, so very comfortable. That organization being in London, maybe some of the players that were there last year, but how about the uh, new regime, Urban Meyer? and Trevor Lawrence, them making the trip. Um, Meanwhile, the Dolphins, who are three-point favorites, they should have Tua back at quarterback for them this week, which is, um, you know, kind of interesting. Right now, it says that he is on track, and uh, will he get the start is not known 100% just yet. Brian Flores said, quote, we're moving enough in the right direction that he'll be out there against the Jaguars. If you ask him, he's 100%. He's fine. So I guess they're moving towards Tua being the Tua starting this game against the Jaguars, and then I certainly give the Dolphins the edge there in that one. Uh, taking a look at some line movement, the Chargers and Ravens, that one has moved down. Chargers were a three-point dog. They're now a two-and-a-half-point dog. Uh, other ones that you know stand out to me as movements, the Rams are back up to 10. They were 9.5 over the Giants. The Chiefs are down from 7 to 6.5. Uh, the Browns, who were three-point favorites over the Cardinals, have jumped up to 3.5 points over the Cardinals. So that's interesting. The Cowboys were four-point favorites over the Patriots and has dropped down to 3.5 now. So that's worth noting as well that it has dropped down here um, a lot. And then here's the, the thing on Tom Brady, our very own Dave Tooley tweeting this out, that a lot of people are tweeting that Brady is 0-11 against the spread in his last 11 primetime games. Uh, he said, I guess the Super Bowl isn't considered primetime, even though it's mostly considered primetime back east, because, uh, you know, obviously they won 31-9 in the Super Bowl. And yes, like I said, I think in his last 11 primetime games, they're still 10-1 and one straight up in his last, he's 10-1 and one straight up on Thursday nights. So he's winning the football games. 
And if you ask him, that's all he cares about. And if you had the Bucks in a teaser, like I did, that's all I care about. Win the football game. But coming up next, we're going to talk to Chris Landry, a uh, football scout, coach, and administrator. He's a consultant with many teams in the NFL and a lot of football, college football programs from LandryFootball.com. We'll talk NFL, we'll talk college football, and we'll see where the right side is coming up this weekend. I'm Scott Seidenberg. It is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Make this football season your best sports betting season ever. Start your VSIN free trial today to get full access to our sports betting experts, including 24 7 video streaming, daily best bet emails, betting splits with the money, and ticket percentages on every game, plus full access to VSIN.com data and analysis. You get everything VSIN has to offer for only $22 per month. Sign up now at vcin.com slash subscribe. You know, I, uh, I wrote an uh, NFL pick and my college picks, and I'm adding a college pick as well for the uh, vcin.com best bets article. And I'm actually going to take care of, um, you know, I, I did one NFL pick for Sunday. I might have another, but I got three college picks, one on Friday, two on Saturday. And so far, my college record, 12 wins, five losses, one push. So, Feeling pretty good about uh, the way that uh, I'm seeing the board here in college football. My NFL pick is on the Broncos and the Raiders. I'll get to more of this coming up a little later on. And we're going to be joined by Chris Landry coming up shortly from LandryFootball.com. Chris is a uh, former coach, scout, football scout. He used to run the scouting combine, worked on staff with Bill Belichick and Nick Saban, Saban with the Cleveland Browns, was in the Tennessee Titans front office. Um, was at LSU when they hired Nick Saban. Um, so the guy's been around and is as locked in as it comes to anybody when it comes to the sport of football. So I'm going to ask him about what's going on here with the Raiders because it's not that it's an auto-fade for me, like I talked about the auto-fade with the Jacksonville Jaguars with their distractions. And maybe last week was the distraction week for the Raiders with John Gruden. But I just think everything that's going on with this transition of of power, if you will, from John Gruden to Rich Passaccia, I, I can only see it affecting the team negatively. You know, listening to Derek Carr talk, how emotional he got about John Gruden, I bet you that there he that, that he's not alone. There are other players in that locker room that are angry that Coach Gruden is gone. Um, you know, regardless of how they feel about what he, his comments that he had said. Uh, in those emails and how they feel about those comments, you know, they might be upset that he is gone. And Greg Olson takes over now as the play caller. And you have to wonder, everyone now on this Raiders staff is applying for a job, whether it's with the Raiders or with another team. And for Greg Olson, the offensive coordinator, who is going to take over play calling responsibilities, how aggressive is he going to be in this game and for the rest of this season, for that matter, because he's applying for a job? Like, is he going to go for it on fourth downs when not making it could cost his team the game and then he's going to get blamed for it? It's not going to look good for him 
So I'm just thinking that this game could be low scoring maybe. Um, then maybe the Broncos are the right side of the game to, to get to. All right, we have Chris. Let's welcome in Chris Landry. LandryFootball.com is the website. Like I mentioned, Chris uh, football scout, coach, and consultant with many NFL programs and college teams as well. Chris, uh, talking about the Raiders here, how do they respond to this Gruden situation? You know, last week, was that the distraction week? This week, there's a lot of things that maybe uh, are, are turning over with guys wearing multiple hats or new roles. Uh, just from your opinion, sum up this Raiders situation for me. Yeah, it's it's really hard uh, to really judge how this is going to affect them on the field. I mean, it's going to affect them. Um, I think we'd be naive to think it did have an effect, did not have an effect last week. I think it'll have some effect this week. Uh, is it going to be a, a difference-making effect? I don't know. I think this is kind of shapes up to me to be more of a low-scoring game. So I'm more thinking under than anything in this game. I just we're going to have to wait and see going forward how this team adjusts with not only the the head coach and the distraction and the going forward and how people are dealing with it internally, but uh, just the mechanics of how they are putting together the game plan and how they're uh, going to call plays. And, you know, I think that it will get better, but this may be a little bit rough around the edges. With that said, this Denver team, you know, uh, full health defensively, still a pretty good team. They're limited to what they can do in the passing game. But, you know, it's one of those games where I just would be a little bit nervous about figuring out where the, the Raiders are. If I had to go, I'd probably lean a little Denver here at home, uh, maybe taking care of business here. Chris, I want to talk to you about the Kansas City Chiefs because uh, one of the games that I was circling on this weekend's schedule was the Chiefs at Washington. And I hate calling things a must-win when they're not a win or elimination games, but... This seems like a must-win for the Chiefs, and uh, I think if they want to make the playoffs, this is a game that they have to have. Well, I agree. I mean, they, they certainly have lost to good teams, and I think they're struggling relative to the elite teams in the AFC. Now, we'll counter that with they don't have seven AFC playoff-caliber teams right now. And, and in fact, uh, they're not seven, but, but the Chiefs are one of them. And I know they're not, you know, in a position – so much schedule-wise and ranking-wise, but I, I still think they're one of the, the best teams in the AFC, so they'd be like you know around 11th right now, but they're still in that top group. I agree with you, though. You just can't keep – at some point, you got to prove it. you got to get it done. This Washington defense is struggling despite all their talent up front. I, I agree. I think it's a, it's a, it's a must-win game, got-to-have-it game, and I think they get it done here. The great game in the AFC, the Chargers and the Ravens. The Ravens coming off that emotional win on Monday Night Football, Chris. And it seems like the whole world is on the Chargers. Actually, the latest DraftKings splits had uh, over, you know, almost 98% of the bets uh, on the Chargers in this game as an underdog in Baltimore. And, and I get it because of the defense and the way that Baltimore allowed the Colts to just go up and down the field against them. But how do you see this matchup between these two teams, two of the top teams in the AFC right now? Well, I do think the uh, the Chargers are a little bit more balanced of the two. It, it it you know it needs to be mentioned that you know the old West Coast going to the East Coast. It's uh, going to be about ten a.m. body clock time. That's that's a challenge. This is a, a challenge for the Chargers defense that likes to get upfield rush the passer. It, that's going to be neutralized to some degree. You know, B- uh, Baltimore, um, you know, playing like. They're 
playing with their run game and controlling it at the line of scrimmage. Look, I, I think that they're a tough team. They're a tough team to beat. They're a tough team to defend in that regard. I do think this Ravens defense, too, is pretty salty. I do like this Charger team a little bit better. I'm not as comfortable in this game. I think these are two playoff teams. Uh, I think the Chargers right now are right there with the Bills, uh, behind the Bills, of the best-looking teams in the AFC. But to me, this is a show-it-to-me game. Go on the road, beat a Ravens team that's good, that's physical. That'll tell me something. I know beating the Chiefs is something. I know you know, beating the Browns is something. This this tells me something else about where they stack up. So I'm not quite sure where I'm leaning here. I'm not done with it, but I do think this is a prove-it-to-me game with the Chargers. Should the Cardinals be on alert here for their first loss of the season going to uh, Cleveland to take on the tough Browns team? Oh, no question about it. I mean, it's going to end at some point for the Cardinals. They're playing very well. Um they can run the Browns can run the football. I think that they're going to have some success here. I like their running game matchup against the Cardinals. And um, I do think there's a pretty good chance that, uh, that the, the Cardinals will get their first loss of the year, particularly going on the road to Cleveland. Sunday night football, the Seahawks take on the Steelers, uh, obviously Seattle playing for the first time without Russell Wilson, the first time in his career, because the guy's never missed a start. Um, I, I've been on record saying Geno Smith has the arm talent to make some of the throws that Russell likes doing, especially you know those deep shots to guys like DK Metcalf and, and Tyler Lockett. But how much of a drop-off is it between Russell Wilson and Geno Smith, and is it right that they are such heavy underdogs here in Pittsburgh? Um, I think it's significant to the answer to the first question, and yes. Um what they lose with him, with Russell Wilson to Geno, is the instincts, the ability. Hey, Geno can run. He's got some mobility as well. But it's, look, it's quarterbacking, certainly throwing the football, being a good passer. It's about knowing where to go with the football and getting it there on time accurately. And that's where the biggest drop-off is. So I, I think that, look, the, the Seahawks' chances lie with their ability to run the football in this game. That's their chance. Uh, and quite frankly, that's their only chance. I don't think they can go and throw it all the yard around the yard and have as much success as they need to to win this game. I do think on the other side, though, you could see that you know Big Ben was been dealing with a hip injury, was a little bit healthier, played well last week. So I'm curious to see. This is a speaking of must wins. This is a game that if you're Pittsburgh, you you can't let this one get away. This is a game you got to win. A, a wounded Seahawks team, you got to win if you're Pittsburgh. Chris, uh, you mind hanging on so we can get into some college football next segment? Oh, I love it. There he is. Chris Landry from LandryFootball.com, football scout, coach, and consultant. Uh, Chris is the, you know, uh, he is locked in as, as it comes. Um, and with, you know, as close as he is to the situation at LSU, I want to ask him what's going on there with uh, Ed Orgeron. I'm Scott Seidenberg coming to you from the Circus Sportsbook in downtown Las Vegas. Here, the look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network.
Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids, but I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. You can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my day. That's my game. day. <laughs> <laughs> this is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. Back here, the look ahead, rejoined by Chris Landry from LandryFootball.com. Chris, let's jump right into college football. One of my plays is here for Friday night, Syracuse, plus the points against Clemson. Should Clemson be careful in this spot? 
Well, and then Turkey's also has great back in Tucker, and I think they can run the football, and it'll be interesting. I, You know, Clemson's defense is still very good, and the, the problem is they're on the field more than they should be. Um, I'm very curious because Clemson comes in fresh uh, off a bye, and I'm curious to see what they're able to get done offensively in that time. That gives you a chance to kind of retool and look at things. Look, Syracuse played Wake, Wake Forest well last week and had every chance to win that game. Something tells me, though, that I don't expect an explosion from Clemson at all, but I expect a better performance. I tend to think maybe they get more points than we've seen we've seen them usually get this year. I I tend to think they win and maybe win uh, a little bit better than than uh, than maybe maybe a lot of people would expect based upon how these teams have looked thus far this year. I'm, I think that by week, I think some changes um, I think will help this team settle a little bit. And I just I worry about Syracuse doing it for four quarters. I think they can keep this game close and competitive for a while. But I, I just don't think they can hold up defensively. And I think their fronts actually played well at times, but not for four quarters. I think that's the difference here. Um, that's kind of how I see it. Uh, also on Friday night, San Diego State now into the rankings. They take on San Jose State. Uh, nine and a half points is this line. I think if Starkle plays for San Jose State, the fact that it's a Friday night homecoming uh, might take the uh, Aztecs dogs. Yeah, look, I mean, or the Spartans, uh, excuse me, the Spartans. Yeah, I, 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 yes, the, the San Jose and, and um, Brent's done a really good job over there, and and I think this San Diego State team is good. But I'm with you. I'm kind of sensing this is. I kind of put this on my mind as potential upset game for a couple of the reasons that you mentioned. But I think this offense is starting to kind of find itself in gear. And I do think it's kind of a trap game for San Diego State. So I, I'm with you there. I think that uh, Brent Brennan's uh, not not as good as last year's team, uh, not not that type of team. But I think they're still pretty good, and I think they're very capable of keeping this game close and wouldn't surprise me if they pulled the upset. My favorite quote during the week, Chris, is uh, Brennan was asked um, if he thinks or if he can tell the media if Starkle is you know questionable, doubtful, or probable. And he said, no, this isn't the NFL. <laughs> so <laughs> playing it close to the vest, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, a huge game in the Big 12, number 12, Oklahoma State, number 25, Texas. Uh, Oklahoma State is still undefeated on the year and hoping to solidify, you know, a chance to get into the Big 12 title game. Um, right now, it is Texas is a four-point favorite. Can Texas rebound off that loss to Oklahoma and win this game? I, I definitely think they can. I think it's just going to be about their mindset. That's a tough loss. They've got to feel like they let one get away, but they've got to build off of that. And, you know, that we're going to see about their mental toughness. And one thing about Texas has been the fragility of their team over the past several years. And I think there's a there's a more tougher mental mindset that, that Sark has. And I, I think this team is explosive defensively. Look, they're, they're very, still very vulnerable. I mean, I, I think you can have success, but this is not an explosive Oklahoma State team. I think they they are functional. I think they can throw it effectively but not consistently. I just think Texas is going to be able to move the football more, be a little bit more explosive, and that's going to be the difference in the game. I, I like what Oklahoma State's done. I've been impressed, certainly liked them against Baylor, but I don't like them here. I just think Texas is a little better team, and 
if they don't win it, it, it's probably a little bit of a hangover factor. But if you're going to be a really good team and a really good program, you got to rebound from a tough loss like that. Talk to me about this Kentucky-Georgia matchup, Chris. Uh, you know, Georgia all over three touchdown favorites in this game. And, you know, there is caution because there are people that wanted to take the points with Arkansas, and it was a 37 nothing blowout. The thing that I look at in this game is that I just think that Kentucky's defense, which has not allowed a team to score 30 points yet this season, will continue to shine against this Georgia offense. And the only question is, can can Kentucky get into the end zone? Yeah, that's the key. And, you know, getting into the, the end zone against this Georgia defense has been quite the chore. It just, it's so rare. Um, we saw Auburn do it for the first time. This Kentucky team offensively, they're going to need to get Wondell Robinson in space. He's a big-time playmaker. He's going to have to have an MVP type of game. And I think the quarterback, Will Levis, is going to have to be implemented in the running game if they're going to have any chance of scoring points. I I think their chances of scoring points are getting good field position, being able to flip the field on special teams, getting some cheap points, cheap field position that can turn into points. That's what's going to have to happen. I don't think they can get enough points here. Georgia will wear you down. Um, it, it, it may take a little while because they don't explode on you unless you play poorly and make mistakes. They just kind of ground you and ground you, and all of a sudden uh, it's a big-time win. I think that's the case here. I think Kentucky is, you know, uh, a good team. I think in some ways they're a little bit better than Arkansas. I think they score some points, not enough. I think Georgia wins going away, and I think we'll see uh, more of the heralding of how good this Georgia team is after this week because I do think they'll win, and they'll win decisively. Is this a bad spot for Mississippi State, getting an angry Nick Saban in Alabama coming off a loss? I think so. Um, and they, I think they've seen enough of – what this offense is, it's a, the, how you defend this offense is a little bit different. You know, you certainly run their splits, safety look, do their pattern match underneath. You got to progress to the football, good leverage in the screen game, the crossing routes. Um, you know, Mississippi State doesn't run it, doesn't stay committed to the run. Alabama's um, got some work to do, and I, you know, there's a little bit of that. They're replacing a lot of guys. They're still a little bit young. They may be a little bit lacking in leadership on that team right now with players that have left. And uh, maybe that last game will bring them together. I don't know if this That's team it. is good enough to win the national championship. But, you know, I, I, other than Georgia, I don't know that anybody is better in a matchup. Right now, I don't think Alabama's in their best position, but I think they're good enough to win this game. Probably an angry Alabama, but they've got to be real careful here to, to play this game uh, in a very smart fashion, in a very well-positioned defensive uh, effort. Uh, I think Alabama will be fine. I just, you know, they're just not as good as last year's team. And, you know, that's kind of the standard that they've created for themselves. Well, why can't you be the dominant team every year? Well, because sometimes you're not. Sometimes these teams are better. And right now, Georgia looks a little bit better. But we'll see. I think we're going to f- find out in early December because I think we're going to see these two teams match up. Chris, LSU is uh, over double, they're double-digit dogs at home against Florida. Could this be the game where Ed Orgeron gets his Les Miles moment and the fans chant his name and he keeps his job for another week? Or is this just a team that is completely lost? His voice is gone on deaf ears and Florida's going to uh, roll into Baton Rouge and roll out with a victory. 
No, they're they're chanting things, but they're not chanting his name. They're chanting other stuff for four letter variety. It's not real good right now. It's a mess. Um, you've got uh, you know. Um, uh, you, you know, uh, everybody is sitting out this game. I mean, LSU's losing guys one by one. Allie Gay's now out, Stingley, and Butte's out. I mean, um, you just Eli Ricks is out. It's you've got a lot of players just kind of let go of the rope. The the dad the die has been cast. There's no uh, moment here. I, look, LSU's talented enough in some areas to make this game competitive. I flip it the other way. This is a game that that. Um, Dan Mullen really can't lose. I don't mean like for job security this year, but this would be an ugly, ugly loss. It's not the same as last year. Last year's team hadn't quit. This year's team looks like they're half foot out the door. Ed Orgeron is is uh, out the door. It's just a matter of time. I just think Florida takes care of it. It's going to be no atmosphere, Scott. It's going to be an 11 a.m. kickoff. I don't know. They may not be 50,000 people in the stands at Tiger Stadium uh, Saturday. Wow. So uh, maybe Florida first half or just Florida to, to, to win by 12 points or more? You know, I think they cover 12. I mean, I think it's probably going to be uh, a little bit longer than that because I think that explosive plays may be limited for Florida. I just think they will be able to run the football well enough. I think Dan Mullen is still trying to make a statement. I think he's still trying to get people off his back with the loss to Kentucky. So I think he'll play well. I think they'll score some points. LSU just can't score. They can't run the football yeah. well. They're not patient with the run. And in, in Florida has been able to improve their pass rush recently and have played pretty well in the secondary. I just don't like the matchup for LSU on the field or off. All right. Well, it looks like we got another play here on Saturday. Chris, I always appreciate the time. Great conversation. Thanks for breaking down the games with us, and we'll talk to you again next week. You bet, Scott. Thank you for having me. There he is. Chris Landry. LandryFootball.com is the website. Make sure you go there and check him out. Follow on Twitter at LandryFootball. Chris will join us each and every week here on the program. Uh, the last game that we talked about there, that LSU-Florida game, I think that might turn into an official play for me. We'll talk about some college football plays coming up next year. I'm Scott Sadenberg. It's The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. 
featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in, so you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club.